Welcome back to episode 36 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen a series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I get my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Angel Beats, released in 2010 by Studio PA Works. It has 13 episodes and comes in both sub and dub. I watched the sub version. The story takes place in a purgatory where the inhabitants who populate it cannot be killed. All the kids in this world are connected, having an unfulfilled childhood while they were alive. Enter Yuzuru Otanashi. Newly placed in this stage between life and death, he has no memory of the life he lived. Individuals who haven't accepted their fate band together with the goal to cause havoc as a rebellion against God, who they believe wronged them during their lives. Yuzuru joins this battlefront society after being temporarily put down by a girl named Angel, who patrols this world enforcing proper behavior. Yuzuru tries to navigate these new surroundings and discover his purpose there, all while avoiding Angel's wrath. Yuzuru wakes up on the ground of a school campus accompanied by a girl staring down the scope of a rifle. Not having any memory of who he is or how he got there, the girl informs him he's in the battle zone of the afterlife. Yuzuru is a pretty chill guy, he handled being dead with no memory very well. He was smart to hedge his bet and join Battlefront until he could figure out what was going on. After bonding with everyone and enjoying himself in Battlefront, it was no wonder Yuzuru was nervous about regaining his memories through hypnosis. For all he knows, he's a child murderer who put everyone here. Yuzuru's personality while living was similar to mine at 15, long goofy hair, hated school, dealing with people was a chore. Unlike me, Yuzuru has an adorable little sister who has a passion for life but is bedridden in the hospital. I don't blame Yuzuru for sneaking his sister out for the holiday, let's be honest, it was the best she was going to get especially after being cooped up for so long. I felt bad for Yuzuru, he finally figured out what he wanted to do with his life not long before dying. Being a medical student, he was able to use his basic knowledge to aid the injured while trapped underground. Just as help arrived, the light breaking through the rubble was the light at the end of Yuzuru's tunnel. The world that is built in Angel Beats gave me so many questions from the start. When did someone find the time to create such elaborate traps around the school? The ceiling opening and the gigantic hammer that smashes Yuzuru through the window in front of the principal's office would have been so time-consuming to create. The tunnel to get to the gun-building factory is in a league of its own. Speaking of which, the tunnel leading to the guild and all the equipment used for creating weapons... Were those facilities in this world from the start, or did previous kids in the world build it? If they did build it, how did they gain the knowledge to create guns and explosives? How did they learn to operate all the equipment? If you put me on an island, it would take me a million years to figure out how to create metal and assemble parts for a weapon. Which raised the question, how long have some of these kids been here? Angel, aka Kanade, is not exactly a people person. She could have tried a little harder to explain things to Yuzuru instead of stabbing him through the chest. Angel never considered herself the bad guy, she was trying to keep people on the straight and narrow so they could cross over as they're supposed to. If she had better communication skills, everyone could have saved a lot of bullets. It was clear Angel wasn't a villain, she only ever defended herself, never attacked first. The way she was so kind trying to calm Yuzuru down before the test led me to believe there was something else going on. Angel is durable, took a shot to the gut and kept moving forward like she didn't even feel it. Angel had an amazing arsenal of weapons, all that were created for defense. Hand Sonic is the wrist blade. Distortion has bullets fly off course as they approach her. It reminded me of Fortune from Metal Gear Solid 2. Delay almost created an afterimage, making it difficult to attack Angel at close range. The Discovery Angel is in fact someone who came to this world just like everyone else. It must have made Battlefront feel stupid. 
As I mentioned earlier, the fact these kids made guns was impressive, but to discover Angel was able to make Blaze materialize and clone herself, I mean how far behind in the game is Battlefront? When Evil Angel entered the picture, I thought it was so funny to see just how easy the original Angel had been on Battlefront. Evil Angel whooped Yuri in their knife fight and disarmed three people in one move while in the tunnel. Voice actress Kana Hanazawa killed this role. When Angel was absorbing all the clones, it wasn't over-the-top screaming, just genuine pain in her voice. It sounded great, so shout out to her for that performance. I thought the show was going to make a couple out of Yuzuru and Yuri. The whole time I was like, man, I really wanted to make friends with Angel though, and I got exactly what I wanted. I thought Yuzuru fell for Angel pretty quickly, but then you realize he's drawn to his own heart. I was so confused why Yuzuru was there, I felt he had a fulfilled life at the end and even became an organ donor, the selfless bastard. It made no sense for him to be placed with all the others in this world. The story is set up in a way in which I feel you're not supposed to be able to figure out the ending before you get there. Angel seeing Yuzuru had no heart when she stabbed him, him regaining his memory by listening to the rhythm of his own heart pumping inside of Angel when he fell asleep on her. Becoming an organ donor was the biggest slap in the face that went completely over my head. I thought the organ donation was just a nice monument to his sister. But Yuzuru's purpose in being there is to help Angel pass on by allowing her to thank him for extending her life. His goal of helping people just to hear thank you was met, and Angel had the chance to show appreciation for the person who was kind enough to have their organs be used to save her. Some might see the after credit scene as a cop-out having an after-afterlife where Yuzuru may have met Angel again. It tried to make it ambiguous with her wearing the hat, but she was humming the same tune. I felt they deserved to have the chance to be together, so I liked this. Yuri is the leader of Battlefront. She was the first person to rise up and fight. Yuri inspired great admiration from the other members of the organization. We constantly see them combat any disrespect shown towards her, especially from Yuzuru. Noda cutting him down with a 100-hit combo was one of the many examples of this. The crew was hilarious. They have such a large goal of defeating Angel than conquering this world, yet we see them struggle with the most basic of tasks like choosing and sticking with a name. I've watched a lot of anime lists, and a common topic is characters with the most tragic backstories. I do not understand how I've never seen Yuri on one of those lists. She has one of the most horrific and mentally scarring backstories I've ever seen. Her parents are some of the worst, and I trash parents a lot in my reviews. How can you leave Yuri, a small child, in charge of looking after not one, or two, but three other smaller children? The burglars enter the house and give Yuri 10 minutes between executing each sibling. How could a mother and father leave their kids unattended for that amount of time? On the robber's side, they must be pretty confident no one saw them headed towards the house with masks on, or that no one was going to be stopping by. Get in, steal stuff, and leave in the quickest amount of time possible. These clowns are just hanging out. If they couldn't find money, why break the television instead of taking it? There are four of them, they could have carried a lot of electronics and other things. Yuri has no idea what's considered valuable, but she never stopped trying to save her family. She is so resilient to be able to continue on fighting after what she suffered through. I will say I was surprised she filled Yuzuru in on all of this so quickly after meeting him. Even with her past, Yuri still has silly moments like when she realizes her first attempt to recruit Yuzuru failed as he makes his way down the stairs to talk with Angel. Yuri and Angel's knife fights are awesome, they're some of the best action in this series. And Yuri is a savage, she'll do anything to win. She decides to test if Angel was made by God by trying to inflict mental anguish on her to see if she reacts. Yuri even abuses her own people in the process, blasting them into the ceiling multiple times. Mazumi is the lead vocalist in Dead Girls Monster, a rock band associated with Battlefront to distract the student body during operations. 
The music must be pretty good if you can get NPCs to come out of their programming and enjoy the show. I loved all the animation and camera movements during Mazumi's performances. When Mazumi began to talk about her life before death, I figured this show was going to be a collection of people who suffered tragedy during their time breathing. Mazumi had an abusive alcoholic father that would often beat her mother. As a means of escape from her problems, she discovered music. Eventually, she began playing guitar and writing her own songs. Mazumi's plan was to move to the city and live off of her music, but this never came to fruition as she lost the ability to speak after a brain injury caused by one of her father's violent outbursts. The worst part about this is the way I perceived it is the stroke didn't take effect right away, the bottle left a ticking time bomb just waiting to erupt. The entire time Mazumi was working on her craft, it didn't matter. If she had left home sooner, it still wouldn't have changed anything, the damage was already done. It was such a good feeling having Mazumi fulfill her dream by performing the ballad on stage before disappearing. Hinata is Yuzuru's best friend in Battlefront. He looked out for him in the beginning by pulling him down when the crew thought there was a threat in the tunnel. Hinata also pushed Yuzuru out of the way during the Indiana Jones rolling ball down the tight hallway. Their friendship was so close Yuzuru had to keep checking to ensure Hinata was only interested in him as a friend. Hinata is a true bro, he ensured Yuzuru survived until Angel was rescued so he could be the one to save her. I was beginning to question if having a sad story was required to be placed in this world. Hinata missed a catch during a big game and then may have taken drugs to ease the pain. That doesn't come close to any of the other characters' hardships. Yui is a hyperactive chatterbox that rarely sits still. She is part of the diversion team being the lackey and number one fan of Girl's Dead Monster. Yui takes over as the lead singer of the band once Mazumi passes on. I actually didn't discover this until months after watching Angel Beats. Lisa, who would later go on to do Crossing Fields for SAO and so many other anime openings, was the vocalist of Yui. She did all of her singing parts. The mixture of Yui's pink hair and tail made me think she's from Planet Devil Luke. She had so many funny moments, my favorite being while sliding down the rock hill she dies by smacking face first into a metal beam. Yet Yuri assumed she was killed by Angel. I felt bad for Yui, she's the first one Yuzuru decides to force onto the other side. She was the guinea pig to discover the most efficient way to have someone move on. I loved all of her arbitrary goals and Yuzuru getting suplexed multiple times was great. Watching the guys be so easily manipulated into a soccer game then getting destroyed by Angel and Yuzuru's cheating was funny. This whole sequence was fantastic. Yui's history was definitely an unfair one. Her being completely paralyzed from the neck down, it was no wonder she was always on the move now. I thought it was funny Yui prevented Hinata from disappearing at the baseball game, and now he's the reason she's able to move on. Hinata and Yui's combative relationship was cute, and having him be inserted into what her life could have been if they had met while still alive was so sweet. Seeing him take her outside and push her around, it was just lovely. I guess I can't say I had any expectations for where this series was going in the final act, but I really didn't care about the shadow monsters taking over the students at the school. I would have much rather they skipped the final enemy and just finished having everyone move on. Let this series be 12 episodes instead of 13. One hint to what was going on is when the shadow monsters were attacked, it would break off into code just like Angel's clones did. This was something I didn't notice on my first viewing, but it was a nice way to tie into the Matrix wannabe master with all his television screens. When it came to Operation Tornado, I just didn't understand the point. If you're dead, you shouldn't need to eat. If you did need food just to drive off hunger pain, how would money be any good in this world? Where would these kids be able to find a job in the afterlife? The food should have just been free or have like a school meal plan. This series had so many characters in Battlefront, I'd always forget about one of them, and then they'd show up and I'd be like, oh right, that guy. And this series had a few deaths, I wanted to go through some of my favorites. First, Noda in the tunnel. 
The way it went in slow motion playing the sad music for the slightest moment and then finishing with his face smashed by the hammer was great. His body is then crushed by falling rock debris. Hinata grabbing Yuri in an odd spot while trying to climb to safety, she slaps him sending him falling down the pit and she declares his death was a noble sacrifice. The guy who uses the sword condescendingly tells Yuzuru he's surprised he made it as far as he did just to quick cut to him dead in the next scene from not being able to swim. Having death not stick was a fun element of this series, moments that could be intense in any other show could just be laughed at here because there was no consequence. When TK raises the roof, dance reference, everyone else crawls to safety, that would have been a real sacrifice elsewhere. Here everyone's just like, oh thanks man, appreciate it, we'll see you later, and then they leave him without the big dramatic, what are you doing, no you can't die here, you need to come with us. This also made the attempts of intense scenes meaningless, like when Yuzuru and Angel are locked up with Yuri calling for them over the radio. Yuri's like, we need help to end this one-sided battle, all of our friends are dying. I felt nothing during this because everyone just comes back to life. The show did parody itself as each person dove on a blade of an Angel clone, reacting less and less each time. Finishing with Yui like, I didn't even know the last guy's name. The animation in this series was actually really well done, there was no scenes that dropped in quality. I also enjoyed some of the extra details like Yuzuru's lips turning red when eating the spicy tofu, and some of the transitions and sound effects were really nice touches. Now let's get into the nitpicks. When Mazumi's brain injury first starts to show effects in the restaurant, she drops a plate getting everyone's attention. Yet they all just stand there and watch. She folds over and collapses to the ground and no one moves. The hacker guy who continuously demands to be called Christ was super annoying. Ayato takes the place of his twin brother fooling his parents, I call bullshit, I grew up next door to twins, I could always tell them apart, so their parents should have no issues seeing the difference. Plus physically he may need to relearn pottery, but his dad would have noticed him being unfamiliar with techniques he would have already shown the brother. When Battlefront is fleeing from the angel clones in the tunnel, Yuri gives a 10 count before they shut the door, but everyone is in by 7, she's the only one left in the hall still counting. They could have all been in by 7 and not made it so dramatic. Coming off of the Fruit of Grisaia a few weeks earlier, those accident victims survived injured out in the woods for weeks before the crazy started to kick in. In the train cave-in, some idiot tried to steal the water on the second day. He didn't even seem injured. Losing your mind on the second day is just embarrassing. When Angel is supposed to have been reverted back to normal and stopped Battlefront for performing their usual shenanigans, she is really undercover working with Yuzuru to get everyone to pass on. But the two of them are still hanging out normally like when they're placing trash in the incinerator. Wouldn't Battlefront be confused if they saw them together? This isn't even a nitpick, just something I needed to mention. When Angel crosses over and Yuzuru is left crying, for a moment I thought he was going to be stuck there by himself. Quote of the series goes to Yui. Even death can't cure stupidity. Now we have best girl waifu and harem. Best girl is Angel. I couldn't disagree with Hinata more when he said Angel isn't cute at the baseball game. She was adorable in her baseball cap. Her gardening hat was lovely too. I loved Angel playing the piano in the opening and her head movements while doing it. Her weapons were the best and she tried hard for so long to get people to enjoy a regular school setting. There are no waifus in this series and the only person I'd want in my harem is Hisako from Dead Girls Monster. Final thoughts. I've seen Angel beats on many people's lists of sad anime. I never found this series sad, I saw it as beautiful and well crafted more than anything. The premise of the series learning to enjoy life for what it is and dealing with past trauma was nice. I love the weapons and all the fights in the show. 
Angel Beats is an amazing series I would recommend to everyone. All right, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.